Hey, welcome to Eastgate Church today. Hey, happy Father's Day. Let's give it up for all the dads in the house today and everyone watching online. Hey, you're tuning in online. Do us a big favor this morning. Hit that like button and the share button so that we can reach as many people as we possibly can with this message. Hey, did you guys know that our live stream and podcast from this church are reaching people in over 60 countries around the world weekly? That is amazing. One person is excited about that. Let's catch what they've got and let's get excited. Isn't that awesome to think about that? From Douglasville, Georgia. We get to reach all those people, and I love it. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Mothers had their day. Guys, we got our day today, right? We got our day today. And listen, if you're watching online or you're in the house today and you don't have any children, listen, you can still have the great privilege of being a spiritual father to somebody. And if you are a spiritual father to somebody, hey, happy Father's Day to you because what we're doing is important. Amen? What we're doing is important. It is important to be a man. It is important to be a spiritual father. It is important to pass on that legacy of spiritual growth to the next generation. It is important to lead your home. It is important to take a stand. It is important to lead strong. It is important to be a man. We need more men to stand up in this country and be who God has called them to be today. Amen? We need that. We need that. We need that. Um, So today, I just want to talk to you for a little bit about man stuff. We're just going to talk about some man stuff. And ladies, listen, you can dial into this too. It's going to be great to listen. I'm not just talking to men. I'm talking to all of us here today. All right? So you might not qualify to be a man. But I tell you this, um, the stuff we're talking about today, you should be wanting to see in your husband. You should be wanting to see in the people that you date. You should be wanting to see this in the person that your children hang out and around. You know what I mean? You want to see these attributes in them. So let's talk about some man stuff today. Go in your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Man, it was nice to have a little bit of cool weather this morning, wasn't it? I walked outside and said, "What? who left the window open with the air conditioner on? It was a little bit chilly this morning. I love that. The sun's going to catch up with us before the day's over with, so... Praise God for air conditioning. Praise God for air conditioning, my Lord. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14. It reads like this. It says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Everybody say, act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Act like men. Man, we need men to act like men. Men to act like men today. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? You act like a man according to die hard? You act like a man according to the born identity? You act like a man according to uh, open range with some cowboys, with some six shooters? You know, you act like a man according to the word of God. Because that's the standard we're going to be judged by. So I think that's the standard we ought to live up to. And I'm here to tell you, you have never seen men like the men that are recorded in the Bible. And the ultimate man's man is Jesus. You want to talk about one bad dude. Jesus was a man's man. Listen, he's still a man's man. And he's the example that I want to live up to. We need to act like men. Amen? 
You act like men. So let me give you a few things this morning that a man is not. Okay, these are some things that a man is not. We'll go with these kind of quick. Uh, number one, a man is not an animal. A man is not an animal. And I don't mean we don't have kind of problem moments. Like, oh, 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 oh. Like, that, that, I think that's part, part of being a man. That's just, if you catch me before my second cup of coffee on some mornings, that's my language. Because I'm not, can I, anybody else relate with that, man or woman? Uh, need a little bit of coffee sometimes in the morning to wake you up. But we're not animals, guys. Hey, we're not animals. We're not mindless, pre-programmed, going-off instinct kind of creatures. You understand what I'm saying? We are not what the world says that we are. We are not looking for the next notch to go on our belt. You understand me? Okay, uh, more power to you if that's your lifestyle. You're rolling the dice in a risky way, man. They say one in three people right now are walking around with STDs in our, in our country. One in three. Listen, you can have that. You can have that. I'll do it God's way. I don't want to roll the dice on that. My goodness gracious, there's just some things you can't wash off. You know what I mean? There's just some things ointment won't take care of. So I don't want anything to do with that lifestyle. I want to do what God says to do. And listen, we're not animals. Gentlemen, we were created in the image of God. God created us in his image, in his likeness, to reflect his character and his attributes. And that's who we are. To operate in power and authority on this earth. To be the heads of our home. To be the high priests of our home. To be leaders in the church. Not some mindless animal, but an operating man, like a man operating in the power of God the way God created us to be. Amen? In his image and in his likeness. So men, no, we're, we're not animals. And there's nothing cool about that. Um, a man is not a boy. A man is not a boy. Ladies, can we say amen to that? Two women said amen to that. Listen, a man is not a boy. A man is not a boy. Um, we have a great epidemic of boy men in our country. Boy, men, hey, grow up. Grow up and be a man. Grow up and be a No woman has ever said, God, when I grow up, I want to marry an immature man boy that I'm going to have to finish raising for his mother. No woman has ever, ever prayed that, ever, you know? I hear guys say all the time, well, my wife just doesn't respect me. I can't get my wife to give me enough quality time. I, I, I just can't get the, the, I can't get the respect that I, that I deserve from my wife. Well, maybe if you stop playing your video games, knocked the nacho dust off your chest, got up and got busy in the house washing dishes, helping with the laundry, got involved in your kid's life and started acting like a mature adult instead of a man boy, you get the respect that you think you deserve in the home. Okay? Be a man. Be a man. And a man is not a boy. Check this out. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, it reads like this in verse 11. It says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Look at the person next to you and say, put it behind you. Put it behind you. Listen, boys quit. When it gets hard. 
Boys walk away from relationships when it's not going the way that they want it to. Boys tap out on marriages when you're going through difficult seasons. But a man is there. A man digs in and says, I'm here. A man doesn't run. A man rolls up his sleeves and goes to work when he doesn't feel like it. A man does what is necessary. A man does not walk away. Don't be a boy. Gentlemen, be a man for the love of God. Act like men and be who God has called you to be. Be who God has called you to be. A man is not a boy. And lastly, on this little quick list, a man is not a woman. A man is not a woman. I don't care what society says. I don't care what culture says. It doesn't change the word of God one bit. A man is not a woman. Listen, look at this. Look at this. Um, Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And look what the Bible says. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Doesn't say male and female, he created them. And some of them he crossed over later and realized he made mistakes and trapped women in men's bodies and uh, men in women's bodies and figured out he needed to fix all that stuff over. And Doesn't say any of that, does it? Male and female. Listen, that goes more, that, that covers more than just parts to our anatomy. Okay, down to the very structure of our DNA, men and women are different. Men and women are polar opposites when it comes to things. There's just, there's just things, and it's, just, it's just the beauty of God's design where he says, I'm going to make a man this way, and I'm going to make a woman this way, so that when they come together, both created in my image and in my likeness with their own respects, when they come together in marriage, now they are creating the perfect picture of my image together, each one with the opposites complementing each other so that they can become one in marriage. God knew what he was doing when he designed us to be different. He knew what he was doing. Men and women are different. A man's brain, look, it's not very complicated to figure out. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. Like a man's, if you, if, if you were going to take a highway and let, let highways represent men and women's brains, like a man's brain would be a single way, one-way street going on to one destination. That's a man's brain. That's how we think. I'm going here. I'm going to get this done. Nothing else exists until I get this done. Don't distract me with other stuff. If, you, if I have to go off on another tangent, see, I've got to create another one-way street. And now that one just one-way street's going to go that way. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, that's why, guys, most of the time, <laughs> we've got to turn down the radio to think about directions. You understand what I'm talking about? Like, there's, there's only so much we can put in there before the, bu- the little bumper wheel starts going waiting for the brain to catch up. That's just how God designed us to think, simple and focused, because most of us are analytical and we're problem solvers. And you solve problems by focusing on one problem until you find the solution. That's how we're wired to think. Now, a lady's brain, if it was a highway, it looked more like spaghetti junction. You know what I'm talking about? Like at rush hour, because y'all got all kinds of thoughts firing at the same time and emotions connected to them and one thought's connected to this thought that's connected to a thought you had when you were 18 years old which reminds you of the friend that you had when you were 25 and if you would just have put half a, 
like 2% milk in your cereal like she did, you wouldn't have to be exercising as much today. Like it all just kind of rolls together into one conglomeration, and that's just how women think. But it's the way women think for a reason. For a reason. Women are much more in touch with their emotions than men for a reason. It's how God designed you, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, men and women. It's funny, like when uh, Kelly and I go camping with the kids, we go to a lake a lot of times, and about 250, 300 yards to the other side of the little section of the lake that we're camping in, there are eagles that fly around, and they'll land in the pine trees across the lake, you know, and, and I'll sit there in my camping chair, and I'll look all that distance away, and I'll be like, right there, bald eagle in that pine tree, and Kelly will go, Where? I'm like, see this dead tree here? Go over here, up like this, follow my finger. And she looks, she's like, oh my God, how did you see that? Because this is how men see stuff. So we went to Glacier National Park and we were walking around, you know, and all these huge mountains around us. And I'm looking up at the mountains and I see something moving. I mean, about three quarters of the way up. And I'm like, right there, that's a brown bear walking across that section of the mountain right there. And she's like, what are you talking about? I can't even see it. I follow my finger. It's way over there. She's like, how did you even see that? And I'm like, because I'm a man. I'm a man. Man, see stuff like that. But we are at home, and she says, hey, Josh, get the ketchup out of the refrigerator. I go over to the refrigerator, open up the door. Maybe I don't think we got any ketchup. No, it's in there. I don't think we got any ketchup in here. I don't, I don't think we got it. When's the last time you went? And I got some. I got some last week when I was shopping. It's, this should be a brand new bottle. I don't see it. And she'll walk right over to it, move two things, pull it out, and go, here it is. I don't get that. I don't get that. Women can find stuff. I got a theory, though. I think women are, part of the reason why women are so good at finding stuff is because they'll move stuff all the time. Y'all like constantly rearranging stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like, guys, you could, like a guy's storage system in his house, like we could take something and put something, boom, right there. Okay, that's its spot for the rest of our lives. Doesn't matter. Hey, where's that thing that I haven't used in 23 years? I know where it is. It's in the same spot that I put it 23 years ago. I'm going to walk over there. Boom, there it is. I got my stuff. Unless my wife has done some cleaning and move some stuff around because y'all like to move and, and, and all that stuff. But that's how we're made. We're different. Guys, man, we like patterns. We like systems. You know, women, you know, it's like, okay, this has been like this long enough. We need to change some stuff up and find a better way to do this thing. And, and so it, it freaks out. The man's got to be this way all the time. You know, but it's cool how we just work together, though, when we operate in our roles. Because men were created to be men. And women were created to be women, okay? And, and we're all unique in that way, right down to the very, I mean, the very basic part of our DNA, different, 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 different. I don't care. Listen to me. I don't care what an agenda says. It's not going to change the word of God one bit. I'm going to change the word of God one bit. That's as far as I'm going to go into that because that's not what I'm preaching on today, but come back in a few weeks and we're going to have some fun with that. I guarantee you. So a man is not a woman. Not a woman. So let me jump back to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 again. Sorry, CJ, I'm not trying to mess you up here. But uh, let me read over this uh, foundational scripture for the message today. It says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, 
be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So let's start to pick this apart just a little bit. Starts off by saying, be watchful. Be watchful. And the, the mental picture I get is like this um, guard in a guard tower watching over the town. You know, and in a way, we, we're like that as men. God's called us to be the watchman on the wall, to protect our families, to protect uh, the church, to, to stand there spiritually as, as the man that the enemy's got to cross to get to the people that we protect. We're the standard. We're, the, we're right there with the blood of Jesus and the power of Jesus, being up front, leading as the spiritual heads of our homes and our churches, um, being that, that watchman on the wall, being watchful. But none of that matters if we're not watchful about this right here. We've got to watch our hearts. We've got to be watchful about what we allow to influence us, gentlemen. We've got to be watchful about what we allow to sit before our eyes. We've got to be watchful about what we allow culture to influence us in. We've got to be watchful about what we say, about what we think, about what we do. Psalm 119 um, says it like this. He says, I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate everything or every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. We've got to be watchful. But you're not going to know what to watch out for if you're not versed in the word of God. And he's saying here, hey, your word is... Your word is what equips me. Your word is what allows me, what allows me to make sure I'm on the right path. Your word is what equips me to be able to see everything false that's in the world. Your word lights my path one step at a time. Gentlemen, if we are not grounded in the word of God, we cannot be watchful over our hearts. We've got to be grounded in the word. Be connected to the word. Let me challenge you in the name of Jesus. Be a man of the word of God. I'm going to say it one more time. Be a man of the word of God. Okay, be in the word of God and allow it, allow it to separate lies from truth. This thing isn't going to change. This is the word of God. This is the ultimate truth in life. And if you apply it to your life, it is going to immediately show you every false path. It's going to show you every temptation. It's going to expose every lie. It's going to open up and allow you to see every motive through discernment according to the word, what people are trying to throw at you, what decisions to make, how to lead your family. In those seasons where you're not sure what the next move is, you can go to the word of God and say, God, I trust you to speak to me through your word and show me with the next step by the light of your word. You're not going to show me the whole journey, but I trust you to show me what I need to do today to lead like I should according to your word. But we've got to be watchful, gentlemen. Amen. You got to be watchful, but you got to be watchful according to the word of God. Uh, the second thing this uh, passage of scripture says is it says for us to stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. Somebody say stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm in the faith. You ever heard of the Alamo? I spent three years in Texas, a little over three years in Texas when I was uh, 
in ministry training. You can't go anywhere in Texas without hearing about the Alamo. It's crazy. They love the Alamo. Brought a picture to show you uh, of, of the Alamo. There's the Alamo. Man, every man knows. Boy, that's one of those stories, right? That's like the story like 300 where the men got in there and said, oh, bring it on. We're going, you might take us out, but we're going to slap you around before you do it. You know, it, I, I love this story of the Alamo. They, uh, they got word that Santa Anna was approaching with his army. And immediately the commander, the post there at the Alamo, sent out for help and reinforcements because Santa Ana was approaching with an overwhelming army of multiple thousands. And I think they had less than 100 in the Alamo at the time. So they sent out for reinforcements, and reinforcements came in, and they didn't have enough with all the reinforcements to have over 200 men present, I believe, against multiple thousands of people. They got word that Sam Houston was coming with the big boy army to take out Santa Ana, but he wasn't going to get there in time. So the commander of the forces there at the Alamo, he called all the men together, and he said, look, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he said, look, our duty is to hold this fort. Reinforcements are coming, but they're probably not going to be here in time. What's coming against us we are not equipped to match. We're outgunned, we're outnumbered, and probably if we stay here and defend this fort, we're not going to live through it. But it's our duty to defend this fort. So what I'm going to do is this, and this is what the commander did. He took out his sword, and he drew a line in the sand. And this is where this saying comes from. It's like you got to draw a line in the sand and take a stand. This is where it comes from. So he drew a line in the sand with his sword. And he said, every man willing to stay at the risk of his life and defend this fort for your duty and for Texas, <laughs> cross the line. And if you're not willing to, this is your chance to get out of it, and you stay where you are. All but one person stepped forward and crossed the line. All of them, but one. And they fought, and they defended, and they did their thing, and less than 200 men inflicted close to 1,600 casualties on the enemy. They put it on them, and they held that fort down to the last man. But they all died before reinforcements showed up. But they took their stand. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? They got it done. Now, here's my question to you, gentlemen. When it comes to the issues of life, when it comes to what the world throws at you, when it comes to the obstacles that you face as a man in your home, at work, with your family, are you the men that crossed the line to take a stand? Or are you that one person that stood back and took the coward's way out? I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to be the man that takes the stand and stands firm in your faith. We need men to stand firm in their faith. We need men to stand their ground. 
We need men to not back down. We need men to look at problems and issues and step up and not move and solve them. We need men to stand by their families instead of walking away. We need men to look at their wives and say, it's not good right now. Our marriage is rough right now, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm standing firm on the vow that I made. I made a vow to you and I made a vow to God. So as bad as it looks right now, I'm not going anywhere and we're going to work this thing out. I'm not going to walk away from this. I am going to stand firm in my faith. I'm not going to let life knock me around. I'm going to be here. Throw whatever you want at me. I'm standing on the foundation of the Word of God and I will not back down because I'm called to lead my family. I'm called to lead my house. I'm called to lead the church. I'm called to lead my community. We need men to stand firm. Amen? We need men to stand firm. Let the men say, yeah. yeah. We need men to stand firm. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, it says, Let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then. You still stand firm in it. And you still stand firm in it. Gentlemen, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Look, I know. I know. You go through seasons where you're exhausted. I know after two weeks of no days off and fixing stuff around the house, the last thing you want to do is get up tired and come to church some, some Sundays. Listen, get up and come to church on Sundays. Stand firm. Stand firm. Be the example. I know sometimes the last thing you want to do is sit down and spend time with your children, all you want to do is go sit down in that easy chair or crash in that bed. Let me encourage you, dig deep and find time to spend with your kids. Stand firm. Stand firm and find time for your spouse. Don't take the easy way out. Don't take the passive way out. Stand firm. And the last thing, uh, or uh, the next thing that this, this verse of Scripture talks about is being strong. Be strong. Be strong. Listen, being passive and being a leader do not go hand in hand. You cannot do both at the same time. You've got to be strong. You've got to be strong. We don't need another passive man in this church. We don't need another passive man in this country. We need men to stand up and be strong and lead strong. That's what we need. We need men to be strong. A huge onslaught right now against this made-up bull called toxic masculinity. You know what I do when I hear toxic masculinity? I roll my eyes and go, wow, you need Jesus. That's what I do. It's a made-up term, toxic masculinity. I get what they're saying. Listen, we should be strong as men. We should not be abusive as men. Okay? We should not abuse the strength that we have. We should not abuse the power that we have. We should not abuse the position of, in, of spiritual authority that God has given us. You can be strong and you can lead strong and not be a jerk. Okay? You can lead strong and not be a jerk. That being said, guys, we're called to be strong, to lead strong. God's made us to be strong creatures. Man, look at all these muscles we got in here. Man, some big, big, big muscles in here. I was at a conference over the weekend, 
I'm saying that by faith for some of you. Tony's back there flexing in the booth. He's eating it up. I was at a conference this last weekend, and one of the worship leaders, okay, beast of a man. When I say, like, there's big, and then there's wow, that's what Goliath looks like. So he was pretty close to wow, that's what Goliath looks like. Okay, huge guy, probably, I, I, I don't know, maybe 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something like that. Maybe not quite that tall, but he looked that tall on the stage. Big old guy. Wasn't chubby, he's pretty lean. About to rip out of his shirt, holding a microphone. Like, you know, one of those, like, I'll joke around sometimes and I say, I want to get in, like, really good shape so that my biceps have abs. You know what I mean? Like, I want my biceps to have abs. Well, his biceps had abs. His abs had biceps. His legs had turkey somewhere stuffed up in there. Like, he's a big old boy. Uh, at least 22, 24-inch guns. I mean, huge guy. And they asked him in between worship songs, they are like, hey, uh, how much you bench press now? And he's like, uh, right now I bench about 550. That's a lot of weight. What do you shoulder press? And he's like, oh, I've shoulder press about 420, 440 pounds, something like that. He's like, golly, beast of a man. And he worshiped God like very few people I've seen. Listen, guys, you can be strong and worship God at the same time. And I would wager, I would wager that being strong has nothing to do with the size of your muscles, but it's got everything to do with the size of the passion in your heart and the spirit that's burning inside of you. Be strong. Be strong. We need men to be strong in the home. To be strong in the home. Listen, in the absence of strong leadership, illegitimate leadership will always rise up. There's a lot of illegitimate leadership in our country. There's a lot of illegitimate leadership in our homes because men are not standing up and being strong. Let me encourage you, let me challenge you in the name of Jesus to be strong, to lead strong, to have conviction, to have passion, and to be immovable when it comes to issues of your faith. Lead strong, lead strong. Gentlemen, your wife is not called to be the head of your home. You are. But I promise you, if you don't step up and get it done, women are wired to step up and get stuff done. They're going to make sure that it happens. Shame on you. Shame on you. If you sit back in a passive way and you let your woman carry the weight of the house that she was not designed or intended to carry, you step up and you be strong and you lead your home like a man is supposed to lead his home. In the name of Jesus, we need strong men in the house. We need strong men in the house. We need three people. Am I preaching to a church that believes the word of God this morning? Or do y'all need to go to Starbucks? Or would y'all Man, I'm telling you, we need strong men. We need strong men. We need men to lead their children strong. Listen, your children don't lead your home. You lead your home. I don't care how much they fuss, how much they whine. That's why God gave you little ways to discipline to help encourage that stuff out of their little spirits so that they can learn how to be mature. Be a man and run your home. Okay? Be a man. Don't be cool. Cool is dumb. Be a man. A man makes the right decisions, even if they're not popular in the home. Be a man. Be strong at work. Lead strong. Lead strong. Don't be passive. Don't be passive. Be involved. Am I preaching too hard today? No, I'm preaching too hard. Be involved. Listen, ladies, 
Ladies, what, what kind of man do you want in your home when Johnny B. Good comes to the door to take your daughter out on a date? Hello. Yes, I'm here to take out your daughter. I want to take your daughter out on a date. You want a guy that says, okay, you kids have fun, all right? Don't be out too late, you little knuckleheads, and we'll see you, we'll see you later. And, and you start to, to talk to them about, listen, listen, you guys make sure that you don't have too much fun. And your daughter goes, oh, gosh, Dad, please. And you're like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to embarrass you. You kids go out and, and have fun. Do you want that guy in your house? Or do you want the guy that's going to meet him at the door and say, hey, before y'all go out, I want to talk to you. Come here. And you sit them down at the table. And sit down. We're going to talk. We don't talk. There is no date. All right, listen. You're about to take my daughter out. That's my daughter. That's the gift that God gave me. It's my job to protect her. And it's my job to provide for her. And it's my job to take care of her. I'm sending her out with you. So, so that I'm doing my job right, I want to give you a few ground rules that we're going to follow. Okay? Number one, you're going to treat her with respect. Okay? Chivalry is not dead, according to me. All right? You're going to treat her with respect. You're going to open the door for her. You're going to pull the seat out for her. When she sits down, you're going to treat her like a woman. Well, she's, she's, well, my kids aren't going to date till they're 30, so she's probably going to be 30 when I, when I have this. But uh, I said, you're going to treat her, you're going to treat her like a lady. You treat her like a respect. My daughter's freaking out, right? We have this debate going on. She says, you know, it's like, no, anyway. So <laughs> you're going to treat her with respect, number one. Number two. Her protection while you guys are out is your responsibility. There better be no harm come to my daughter while she's with you. If it means you laying down your life to protect her, that's what I expect. My daughter better not be hurt and you show up without a scathe on you, with no marks on you. You better protect her. You understand me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Third rule. Boy, I could do this all day. I could come up with rules all day. Third rule, hold up your hands. You know where those hands are supposed to go? Yes. You know where they're not supposed to go? Yeah. Okay. If those hands go where they're not supposed to go, your hands are my hands. You understand me? Your hands are my hands. I may or may not be cleaning a gun while I'm having this conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just... And I'll probably spatter out a few more standards and make him look me in the eye. And I'll say, listen, when you're done, back home, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, you're back home. Okay, what time are you going to be here? 10 o'clock. Okay. Not 10.01. Not 10.02. Not 10 o'clock in the driveway. 10 o'clock, she's inside on her way upstairs to bed while your hind end is going back to the car. 10 o'clock. I'm serious. You accept the terms? Uh, I accept the terms. Okay, listen. You fail to keep any of this stuff, 
You look at me. That's my daughter. She's my responsibility. You don't live up to the expectation that I've set. You're going to deal with me because I am in charge of taking care of her. Now, which of the two men would you want standing over your daughter and protecting her? Passive guy or strong guy? Strong guy, hands down. Why? Because strong works. And when men are strong and they lead like they're supposed to, things fall in line in the house. God have mercy on the young man that breaks my rules. I'm just telling you, God have mercy. God have mercy. Look at what Proverbs says, though. I, I hate this because it's like this thing in the country right now where men are not supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be just passive. We're supposed to be almost effeminate. Like the, the culture is trying to neuter men. Trying to neuter men. And I'm sick of it. God created us to be a certain way. Be that certain way. Be that certain way. Be strong. You were created to lead. Lead strong. Lead strong. Well, I just need to get in touch with my feminine side. That's what my... Listen, you're a man. You don't have a feminine side. You understand me? You're a man. That doesn't mean you can't be in touch with your emotions. Okay? That doesn't mean that you shouldn't learn how to communicate with your wife. But by God, be a man while you do it. You don't have to sell out how God created you. Lead your home strong. Proverbs 28.1, it reads like this. It says, the, the wicked run away when no one is chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. Listen, the godly are as bold as lions. Not just the, lady, or the men, but the ladies too. Let's be bold. Be bold. Be bold in the world. But men... Be bold as lions. Be bold as lions. Stand up strong. Don't let anybody put you in the box of how you're supposed to act. Now, you line yourself up with the word of God, the way God called you to do it, and you be you. Uh, here's something interesting that a lot of people don't realize, because, boy, the, the, the culture of our world is a little different right now. Luke 22, 36 reads like this. This is Jesus speaking on the tail end of prepping the disciples for things that are to come. And he says, but now, he said, take your money and a traveler's bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Now, there's nothing uh, figurative in this passage. There's nothing, there's no symbolism or deep hidden meaning in this passage of Scripture. Jesus is talking very practical to his disciples, and he says, hey, he's telling them, be prepared. Uh, take your money, take a traveler's bag. You know what's in a traveler's bag? Food, supplies, stuff like that. Put your money in there. Take a traveler's bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Jesus told his disciples to arm themselves and protect themselves. Listen to me, Christian, there is nothing wrong with defending yourself. Well, what about gun control, pastor? What about gun control? Listen, if it's a political talking point, ignore it. I just tell you that. Just ignore it. Now, if it's a real issue that needs to be addressed, then address it. But if it's a political talking point, ignore it because it's pushing an agenda, I guarantee you. Do you believe in gun control, Pastor? Absolutely, I believe in gun control. I do. 
Two hands, solid grip, excellent marksmanship, gun control. That's what I believe in. That's what I believe in. Why? 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 Here's why. Not so I can have 10,000 guns to shoot stuff, so I can protect the ones that I love. If we have a security team here at our church. If you, we just had another uh, church shooting uh, over in Alabama this past week. It's crazy. Um, we have a, a security team here that's armed. That's armed. So if some joker comes in here trying to take care of you and your family, we've got something in place to protect you and your family. You understand? Okay, it's the same thing. Listen to me, men. There is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with learning martial arts. There's nothing wrong with getting into the gym. There is nothing wrong with learning how to protect your family. There's nothing wrong with standing up against somebody who's disrespecting your family as long as you're doing it according to the word of God. There is nothing wrong with arming yourself to protect yourself. I just don't believe all of that, Pastor Joshua. Let me ask you this. Do you lock your doors at night? Why do you lock your doors at night? Is it because you hate the people that are out there that might need to get in and get some extra money that you have? Is it because you are mean and you don't want to give all your clothes and possessions to people that need them or want them? No, you lock your doors because you love what's inside your home and the people that are there. Amen? It's the same thing with protecting yourself. You're not going out to cause trouble. You have the force ready in case you need to protect what you love. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't care what culture says. You were called, gentlemen, to protect your families. Be strong and protect your families. Amen? Be strong and protect your families. Well, I don't believe Jesus would have done... Well, first of all, Jesus is telling them, get a sword, Jack. Get a sword. This is the same Jesus that went buck wild in the temple and flipped over those tables that weighed about 700 pounds a piece. Just a man's man flipped them over and took that rope and cleaned house because they were disrespecting the house of God. Now, did Jesus ever sin? So everything he did to defend the honor of the house of God, he did in a sinless fashion. You can be angry. You can be angry and still be in control. The Bible says that um, in your anger, do not sin. So there's a line there. If you're in control, then you're in control. So when you lose control, you get in trouble. Okay? Um, emotions aren't bad things as long as they're in control. So you can defend yourself. Let somebody disrespect my wife in public. Will Smith ain't done nothing. I'm telling you. I will defend my wife's honor. I will defend my children. I will protect my children. I will watch out for my children. No harm is going to come to my children while I have breath in my lungs. Men, protect your households. Amen? Let the men say, ah! All right, there we go. Um, but how we do it is important. How we do it is very important. Like old school, back in the day, you would have knights. And knights would take oaths to, um, to uh, operate on a code of honor. They would take an oath to help those who could not help themselves. And they would pledge their sword and their strength to their king. And I always thought it would be cool to be a, uh, like one of those knights. You're riding around on your horse. You got your little 
vest on and your helmet and all that stuff. Not like Monty Python nights where they're clicking coconuts and, and jumping around, but like the real deal, you know, pulling up, drawing my sword and people backing up because they knew I'm a knight and I stood for something, but more importantly, that I operated under the authority of my king. Let me tell you something, men. When we operate in our strength, it's supposed to look like this right here, this knight kneeling before Jesus. Because all the strength that God has given us, physically and, and with the passion that we have and, and the emotional strength and the mental strength that we have that he's given us that's unique to us as men, it's useless if we don't submit it to him and operate in the proper way. Who cares what you can bench press? Who cares how much you can lift? Who cares how much money you make to provide for your family if Jesus isn't first? It's out of balance. Out of balance. He's got to come first. All that that he's given us, we submit to him. And he say, you know what? I'm going to lead, but I'm going to lead according to how you called me to lead. And I'm going to be strong, but it's going to be strong within the parameters that you've called me to display the strength that you've given me in your word. And I'm going to be strong in leading people towards you, not building a kingdom for myself, but for you. You want to know what it looks like to be strong as a man? When you back up, you get down on your knees. You say, God, here I am. Everything I have is yours. Lord, help me to lead. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to protect and lead my household. Lord, give me creativity and wisdom to connect with my children and lead them in the way that they're supposed to go. God, give me strength to put in a full week's worth of work and then still serve you with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my strength, Father, because everything that I do, I do for you. My life is submitted to you with all that I am. And when you take that position, now you're being strong as a man. Now you're being strong as a man. Whew, my Lord. Hell, I feel the presence of God in here right now. Then he says, all of this stuff is supposed to be done in love. To be done in love. Oh, that verse in Corinthians, it says that, you know, without love, everything we say, everything we do is pretty much just noise. It accomplishes nothing. It all starts with that love. Listen, I get it. You, you, you might be home right now just taking the week off because it's Father's Day, so you got your feet up in your recliner watching service right now, eating brunch, getting ready for whatever's coming off the grill later today. I get that. I'm going home, and I'm throwing some stuff on the grill. I'm going to have a great Father's Day today. Maybe you're frustrated because you're trying to do the best that you can. But you feel like you're still coming up short of being the man that God called you to be. Hey, me too. Me too. Our best efforts are never enough compared to God's standard. That's why he gives us grace to carry us through. So you don't have to have it all at once. You just got to get it one step at a time. 
And if you're here today, you're watching online and you're frustrated and you're aggravated because your marriage isn't going the way that you think that it should and your house is out of order and your kids are going crazy and you feel like your wife doesn't respect you and you, you go to this job that you hate to provide for people that you don't really even feel like appreciate you. I get that. I get that. You feel like you're failing in the whole process. The beautiful thing about each day is that it gives us the opportunity to change direction and to change our actions and to line ourselves up with things that we may not be lined up with correctly. Now let me challenge you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be frustrated. Don't be aggravated. Go back to the solution and begin to work it the way God called you to work it. And then give it one step at a time. And then you watch the fruit of the Word of God bear itself out in your marriage and in your family and on the job and with your outlook on life. A lot of times, guys, I'll just be honest with you, sometimes just changing our perspective on things is the game changer that we needed to make life make sense again. Sometimes we need to change our perspective. This is what I know about you because it's in me. God wired us this way. We're not content with tapping out and walking away. There's always something inside of us that will not die that makes us want to come back and follow through and make it right. Let me encourage you. Come back, follow through, and make it right. Don't tap out. Don't tap out. I don't have it all together, but I'm doing my best. There, there, there are weeks where I... Man, I, I feel like I'm so far from who God has called me to be. But that's just how I feel. That's not the reality of what's happening, you know. Sometimes um, living what you know and living what you feel are two different things. And you do what you know you should be doing even if you don't feel like it's producing the result that it should be. I got back from this trip yesterday and uh, had my bag on my shoulders, went upstairs to where the bedrooms are. And walked by one of the rooms, and my little girl, Abby, saw me, jumped up immediately. Daddy! She comes running up. If you met Abby, you know, she doesn't do anything halfway, you know. So she's running 100 miles an hour and just, boom, just gives me the biggest hug and almost knocks me over, you know. All right. It was awesome. I walked by where my other daughter, Hannah, was. She saw me, jumped up, ran over, big old hug, kissed me on the cheek. Welcome home, I missed you, all oh, this, this is amazing. Walked into the bedroom, put my bag down, and my wife looked at me and she just, they go smile, welcome home. Like, ah, oh, yeah. My goal, and it might be your goal, if you're a dad or if you're a husband, one day, one day, I want to be the man that I see in their eyes when they look at me. That's what I want to be. I want to be there for them. I want to provide for them. I want to do it right. I want, I want, to, I want to be on watch. 
I want to make sure that I'm, I'm the man, not the boy. I want to make sure that, that, that I'm protecting them like I should and leading them like I should and pouring the word over them like I should. I want to be that man, but I know the reality is that I just don't measure up without him, without his word. Guys, listen, listen, strive to be that man. And if you don't have a wife, you don't have children, to see that reflection in their eyes. When you look at the reflection of the word of God and you see yourself in it, strive, strive to be that man that the word of God says that you can be. Pay the price. Pay the price and lead like God has called you to lead. Lead with love. Be the man. You might not be all of what you see in those eyes, but at least conduct yourself in such a way to, to at least earn some of it. Earn some of it, guys. Let's lead strong. Let's do this man stuff right. Amen? Do this man stuff right. Let's all stand in the house this morning. Guys, I want to challenge you one more time. Be the man that God has called you to be. And you can do it. Hey, look, if this joker up here can do it, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it to the best of your ability. Men, we need you. Not just dads. Men, we need you. You are the spiritual authority of the home. You are the head of your house. You you are the spiritual leaders in the church. As the men of the church go, so goes the church. We need men to be men. And I praise God for every single man in this church that is doing the best that he can, that is paying the price, doing what needs to be done to be the man that God has called him to be. I praise God for you. I praise God for you because of what you're doing. I praise God for you because of the potential that's inside of you. I praise God for the impact that you have because it is a great responsibility. It is a huge amount of influence and it's a lot of power that God has entrusted you with. Guys, we shape our homes, therefore we shape culture. Therefore we shape our communities and we shape our nation. Don't complain about politicians in Washington. You be a man and you lead here today. And if you lead here strong today, that'll take care of itself. Be the man that God has called you to be. I believe you can do it. Amen? Father, thank you so much for the truth of your word. Lord, thank you. Lord, for the life that you've spoken over us today, for your presence that's here. Lord, I thank you for these men. God, I pray that in the the core part of who they are. Lord, that they look the change that needs to happen in them in the eyes. And they refuse to shrink away. They make the change that's necessary to be who you called them to be. One day at a time, one step at a time. But it all starts with the decision to change. So Lord, we choose today 
We choose today to be watchful. Lord, we choose today. We choose today to stand firm. We choose to be strong. We choose to do it in love. God, let us pass through that stage of immaturity and be the men that you've called us to be. Not boys, but men representing your kingdom and leading strong. That's the kind of man that's pleasing to your heart. 100% submitted to you. God, let us be that person. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Let's give God praise in the house this morning. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. How many, how many guys in here plan on doing some grilling a little bit later today? A little bit of grill. Am I the only one? Hey, I don't care if you're grilling bologna on the grill. Grill something, have some fun, eat good. Hey, enjoy it. This is a day to honor all the dads. Let me go a step further and say, let it be a day to honor the spiritual father. So let me do this. Guys, I'm going to do you a solid. Hey, you got a husband? Honor him today. All right, you got a dad? Honor him today. Say all that stuff that you wish you would have said over the year. Treat them like they should be treated. They carry a great weight. They carry a great responsibility. Everybody talks about a mother's love. Very few people talk about a father's sacrifice. Okay? Honor the men. Listen, they need more encouragement than you think they do. One word of encouragement can give that man enough life and strength to get back out there and go another five years if they need to. Treat your man right. Treat your man. Listen, ladies, speak life and speak strength and speak encouragement. Don't tear down your man. Speak life over him. Your man will rise up to the level of your encouragement. Your man will rise up to the level of life that you speak over him. You've got a lot of power in your words speak life over him lift him up let's honor these guys today and sometime today after you're done honoring them take a second and throw a little bit of extra honor to our heavenly father because he is he is absolutely worthy of all of it